0: So uh, this is the observance day and the the kind of end of the community retreat as such. And the morning reflections. So this is, you know, the, these, inc- these uh, reflections are meant to be encouraging. And not—I uh, mean, some of you might take things personally, but things I say or reflect upon. But <coughs> that's to be noticed too: how how we, you know, how to f- what we hear, what somebody else is saying, or <coughs> an authority figure, how it affects consciousness. Not to be, you know, criticized or. Should or shouldn't be, but is like this, and so oftentimes when, when uh, we do feel personally uh, upset or offended or confused by things, that's a, a sign of attachment to be to be able to notice that. Uh, it kind of emphasizes, magnifies the sakya because the intention is, uh, you know, my intention is not to, is not personal. It's always pointing at the impersonal. You know, this uh, reflective style is is for the, to recognize or realize Dhamma, not the, not to uh, tell you or convert you on a personal level or condemn you, or criticize you on as on a person. But I always take those points where I feel most threatened personally, or where I'm offended, or uh, whatever, you know, strong emotional, personal emotional reactions. And I take an interest in why, you know, and kind of seeing that as kind of the Achilles heel, the, the weak point, the vulnerable spot where i can still be uh, you know wounded and so this is uh, using that as a as a point to contemplate rather than you know take it just keep uh, ignoring it or indulging in personal feelings about it blindly without any reflective ability so in uh, daily life you know the daily life monastic life here at Amti you know the 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 impersonal is it's the way it is it's like this now when i when i think in this way when i say the way it is da da ben yang ni the way it is is. It helps, uh, just those words, help me to kind of look at it from this position of the impersonal. Because, it, you know, personally maybe uh, I want it to be otherwise or I don't want it to be the way it is or there's uh, something, some problem or difficulty uh, that I don't want or, you know, there's so many conditions involved in a, in a moment and in a community. And so uh, you know, on a personal level, one wants peace and harmony, and doesn't want problems and difficulties, uh, un you know unwanted news, uh, things like that. You know, it's just normal kind of uh, thinking. You know, one want one would like to have happiness, peace and harmony, and doesn't want suffering. I don't want to suffer, personally, in fact, you know. I don't like suffering. And I like harmony and peace. And uh, all the the very best things. Are. But then uh, the world is like this, you know, when we say, "lokavidu," the knower of the world. Now, this world is a human world. And uh, and uh, Anand Mimalo said yes. He was referring to uh, Venerable Nyanananda, <laughs> when when community life or difficult worldly problems arise, he, rem- he reminds you: this is not the Brahmaloka. This is the human realm. Well, that's a good reflection, actually. <coughs> the human realm is like this. It's not the Brahma realm we're experiencing. It's not in a metta karuna mudita upeka of the Brahma realm is the overriding experience. The human realm is like this. You know, it's old age, sickness, death. It's consciousness. It's about loss not getting what we want, wanting something we don't get, and on and on like this. It's about ego, sakya titti, sila pata It's about thinking, having views and opinions, holding to views about right and wrong, good and bad, what should and shouldn't be. And so, you know, this is a, and, and so when I say the way it is, it's not justifying or ignoring, but it's just getting a feeling for the kind of ambiance of the of the world, the minutia loca, the human world. So listening to the the news, uh, you know, on the radio, where you know, you hear the 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 scenarios change, but they're pretty much about the same thing you know so the The Berlin Wall comes down, the Soviet system crashes, the cold War is ended, <laughs> and we get the sense of oh, now you know the real problems, the cause of our suffering is over, you know, and then we get the <laughs> something even worse. <laughs> Uh, not the Soviet Union anymore. It's Islamic terrorism, and uh, you know this is, and and this is because the world is like this. It's it, you know it's full, of, it's deluded, it's uh, it's a, you know uh, clinging to views and opinions, right and wrong. You know I'm sure the Islamic terrorists believe they're right, just as much as George Bush and Tony Blair believe they're right. You know just it's, it's a, you know it's not a matter that that they're kind of malicious devils uh either side, you know trying to create strife and misery in the world out of malice and evil intentions, but then we you know the way the osama bin Laden and uh figures like that have been painted it's you know we, we easily propaganda reinforces the sense that he's evil and wants to destroy the West. And democracy and put women in in uh, big tents, you know with little slits to look through things like that. <laughs> and he's has fought, you know he's an evil force, and that's propaganda isn't it I'm sure he's coming from a very righteous position, so you can't trust that you know the dualism of the thinking of your own thoughts or the ideals of the, that we hold to, uh, you know, and then then judge, make judgments, critical judgments from ideal positions about what should and shouldn't be. Now that very uh, grammatical style of what should and shouldn't be, recognize that that, that in English is always implying idealism. And so, you know, then to put idealism, not, not reject it, I'm not, uh, you know, condemning ideals, but to put them in their proper place so that we're not clinging to ideals and then, uh, because that will, you know, out of ignorance and attachment we suffer. The higher the standards, the the more kind of uh, hi- high and... and m- wonderful your ideals are, the more you become complaining and discontented with the human realm because it it's, it isn't what it should be according to an ideal. Now, should is a good enough grammatical style, you know, and we use it. In fact, in the for noble truth, you say suffering there is suffering, it should be understood, it has been understood, so like this is using using that to for reflection to be to use your thinking ability or language ability not as some kind of attachment, but it's a it's a skillful tool if you know how to use it properly, so suffering should be understood it's not. It's not an ideal, it's, it's not it's it's this kind of prescription telling you, you know, look at suffering. Don't just try to don't just get caught in aversion, reaction, resistance, ignoring, denial of it. But turn to it. You know, to understand something, you have to look at it. You just react to things, you, you don't really see it. You know, you just it's it's kind of habitual. You don't like the world until so you I can't stand the world and turn away from it, or suffering, or despair, doubt, worry, uh, whatever, is, you know, if you just reject it or resist it, you never learn anything from it. You just reinforce habits and delusions about yourself. So it's, uh, you know, un- should be understood is uh like s- to stand under to receive suffering to learn from it just like previously saying the achilles heel the, the weak point where i tend to lose it where i easily get uh, you know offended or get carried away by my emotions then seeing that is uh, important that's to understand that not to analyze why you know uh you know who's to blame for my my weakness or try to understand it intellectually but use it as a skillful means. Then the the see the knower of the world, Loka do. When I say this and and I notice the world, you know whatever, you know, the the kind of general feeling, mood. I'm not looking at the world externally like like the news on the radio, but just this feeling of, of of dread, or or you know endless problems, uh, misunderstandings, personal uh, personality clashes, uh, crises, um, complaints, uns- dissatisfied people, oneself, you know one's own. Complaining mind, uh, and all this, you know, seeing that the world is like this. And that which sees the world, you know, is not the world. But it's impersonal. It's, it's consciousness itself, it's not my consciousness that I, Ajahn tomato, know the world. That, you know, if I start assuming that I, Ajahn Semedo, know the world, and that I don't trust that. I think I'm going a bit balmy, you know, if I believe that. Ajahn Semedo doesn't know anything. But knowing the world isn't through cultural biases or personal preferences, but through awareness awakenness, consciousness. So it is da ta da, it's like this. Now the world that you're experiencing right now is like this. You know, and but you know, in its quality or you know is you know, it's not the same world for each one of us. It's, we li- we create our own worlds. But that which is aware of the world is the same, but the worlds are different as different as one individual from another. So reflecting on the Brahmaloka, you know, that's that's what we would like, that's how it should be. If everything were what I want, what I personally would like is to live in the Brahmaloka. You know, a metta, everybody's... Filled with loving kindness, acceptance and compassion and joy and equanimity. You know, you can't I personally can't conceive anything better than that. Brahmaloka is marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Amrabati. And people, you know, say, you know, the Buddhists should have just have loving kindness, compassion, they should have joy and equanimity. Uh, they should because you know this is they project, you know, the Brahma Loka onto uh, the human experience. It's full of shoulds, and people complain, disappointed because it's not what it should be according to the ideal. But this is where the Buddha, you know, is pointing to the Loka, to the world, not to the Brahma Loka. Because we can experience momentary you know, Brahma Loka uh, states, but we don't have Brahmaloka bodies. We're not Brahma gods. We've got human bodies. Human karma. And so the Buddha pointed to dukkha, not to the brahmaloka as the liberation from suffering. So it's uh, pointing to this this realm we're living in, the human realm, is about suffering. Ignorance and suffering. And that's not that's not the way it should be according to ideals but it's it's a pointing to a reality to to the most common experience of every human being that's ever lived and is now living and that it's not it's not how telling us how we should live and how we should feel but awakening us to something very uh, pragmatic very realizable and it's not esoteric and remote or terribly, it's not refined or anything special. Dukkha. Now then we might grab that, you know, everything is suffering and hold on to the view. But that's not the point. You've got this, there is Dukkha. The three aspects of each noble truth, in other words. Notice uh, how they work together. There's the statement, there is dukkha, there is suffering. The second aspect, it should be, dukkha, suffering should be understood. Suffering has been understood is the third one. So that's a reflective pattern, has been, un, uh, you know, there's this understanding of recognizing, uh, you know, understanding, to understand, to say, to embrace it, or Turn to it. Observe this sense of lack in yourself, or discontentment, or threat being threatened, or unhappy, or discontented, complaining, blaming, blaming yourself or blaming others. It's noted. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but this is a dukkha. To understand, and so understanding then is from intuitive, intuitive awareness. You're use, you're not trying to e- explain why I suffer, why I have to suffer. You know, and think about myself and my suffering, and who's to blame, and and so forth. It's it's turning to the the reality of dukkha in the present. With awareness, satipatthana, satipanna. They said, you it's not not. It's a different. It's a different mode of perceiving. From the personal, you perceive it from the personal. It's like this. This is happening to me. I suffer because. Um, and so forth. So we get, we can, you know, use the sakaditti to try to." understand intellectually why I am so I suffer so much about things in the present. But it's still not liberating till we understand it from a different mode of perceiving, from the universal from Sati Sampachanya. That's why this emphasis on Sati sampachanya, Satipanya is so it's so brilliant, you know, that the Buddha really. This is the essence. This is the path itself, all in one. Appa madova matapadang. Heedfulness, being attentive, is the way to the deathless, is the path of the deathless, in other words. So, also, this it's encouragement to listen to Sakyaditi you know, to, not to, not trying to get rid of sakiditi, because that's not really the problem. That's not the cause, it's ignorance, you know, uh, uh, not knowing, but being just stuck into the world without any perspective on it, being trapped in samsara, in other words, uh, you know, where you're just caught in this, in this whirlpool of thoughts and emotions, reactions. So, you know, it's a uh, You know, without any way of of seeing through it or understanding it, so you you know you try to f- work out each little bit, each little form of suffering that I personally experience. It goes on and on, and because on. <laughs> that's the samsara, you know. One, you know, just you know, it happens in this continuous rising, ceasing experience. Because conditions change, you know. This is, a, this is, we're experiencing the conditions in consciousness right now. You know how many conditions are affecting us? Uh, you can't imagine. You know, you've got stars and planets in in the space. You know, the sun and the moon and and uh, and all the different forces and entities and energies and vibrations and my God, you know, in this little human form, sitting here, and you start thinking about all the conditions affecting this moment, you go mad. It's just totally confused because there's too many. You, I mean, you, you know, you can't imagine, you can't even know them. But you can, you know, you can't know each one individually and separate it because they're all like many things working together, so the only way out of that, you know not not escap not kind of rejecting it or annihilating the world, but knowing the world is like this, so that's where you know, even in the best of times, uh, when everything is pretty much ideal for you, but there's nothing wrong, and that uh, things are going okay it's still something you know if we're still caught in the in samsara delusions there's still this anxiety arises worry something something unpleasant still still lingers we're still stuck in you know, the kind of just maybe you know you can ignore it you know as you know, live, go to the computer and look at something exciting or interesting. <laughs> you can, but looking at this, a sense of incompleteness, lack, anxiety, because even though everything is all right now, you know, everything's going along well at this moment, we know it changes. Communities change; people come and go. Societies change; political systems change. There's nothing permanent. Weather. All this it changes, isn't it? And so this, this, uh, this emphasis on change is, see, using change rather than holding to fixed views about how it should be, how we would like things to change so that they reach the ideal of what they should be and stay there. And that's of each our ignorance because that's not the way it is. We have the perfect democratic society, all Buddhists, Theravadan Buddhists, (laughs) perfect in every way. You know, nobody's Nothing wrong, still, that's an ideal you know uh, we can create the ideal, but the reality, because of law of karma and the way things are, this continuous change is just the 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 way the conditioned realm is, incessant, relentless, inexorable change, birth to death, beginning to ending. So when we contemplate a Nietzsche, you're just uh, bringing attention to the changingness. And notice how the three characteristics of existence, a Nietzsche, Dukkarnata, they're not meant to be descriptions or qualities. They're pointing to that which is common to all conditions, characteristics of all condition phenomena, whether it's universal, uh, a universal system, or a personal feeling in the moment, whether it's important or trivial, whatever its quality, whether it's refined or subtle or coarse, whether it's, uh, you know, a planet or or a thought or a feeling or a mood, whatever. All conditions, the on cha. Now, in so much of, you know, my experience in Theravada Buddhism, the the emphasis has always been on the four elements, earth, fire, water, and air, contemplating the four elements. But as you may have noticed, there's six elements, space and consciousness are the other two. (laughs) And I don't hear these being mentioned very much, at least uh, from my memory, Uh, because so much emphasis has been given to earth, fire, water, and air. The heat element, uh, the the solid element, the heat element, uh, liquid, and air. Now these are categories, ways of contemplating, modes of perception. You know ways of 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 looking at something that we you know skillfully use to have great benefit, and we start exploring just our own bodies and with the four elements you know th- instead of in the, the the personal uh way that we might see our body you know there's my body and i'm you know this th- through vanity through ego through the critical mind. But if we start looking at, at our own body in the, with these four elements, solid, it's a different way of looking at, at, at uh, you know, experiencing one's own physical reality at the, in the moment. Because it is. There's, there's solid, there's heat, there's liquid, water element, air element. And that which is aware of these, you know, so his consciousness allows us to be, within a f- separate form, allows us to reflect on the, salt, the earth, fire, water, and air. It's interesting to just say the the water element in, in one's body, you know, one doesn't really, on a vanity level, conceive oneself as water. I don't, the body's a more solid thing. And the watery elements, you know, they're not so so pleasant an identity. You know, urine and that kind of thing. Blood, isn't it? People see their own blood, they can faint. I've seen people, you know, they start bleeding and they faint just because the the of that of the blood coming out of their own body because we don't we don't conceive ourselves vanity you know self importance in that we don't we don't think of us, even though we know we have blood in the body it's not it's not a vain kind of attachment is it we don't compare compare each other's blood and it doesn't really show unless you know you start bleeding. But blood has this quality; it's more liquid than anything else, and it? it flows, moves, and and then the other, the spittle and so forth, the slimy, watery <laughs> substances that the body produces. These are, you know, these that we experience them every day, and, and then the, the solid element solid, the earth, the fire, heat and cold, the air, winds that go through the body. But then consciousness, space and consciousness. So this, uh, you know, the, bo- the body is in space, isn't it? <coughs> you can observe the space around one's own body. And um, and then more and more, you can you know you become, you know you you, you can extrapolate from that that the the, the uh, you know the space going all inside the body space. Whether it's it goes toward the the body or outside as you s- gaze into out into the into the sky, you know the space goes on. Space and consciousness have this this uh sense of uh, immeasurability you can't b- there's no boundary to it, but it's real isn't it it's not, it's not creation but they they are words, and so these very words like space is is you know reflecting on space like visual visual space. Consciousness doesn't depend on the senses. Now, if we just, you know, look at the earth, fire, water, and air elements, then that helps, you know, with understanding, getting through, you know, looking things from a different sense than of the personal, the sense of, you know, my sakya ditti, sila habits. It's a different, you know, these, Vipassana teachings of different ways of looking at experience, at reality here and now. Different ways you know, different way of perceiving. From the vanity view, you know, the sakyaditi is one way of looking at life, of experiencing life, always from me. Me and mine and what I think and my feelings and my life and and what I want, my ambitions, my views, my opinions, and so that's that's one way of of experiencing life always from Sakyaditi. and of course that's bound to be miserable because you can't you know it's it's based on delusion, and you know you can't how much control do you have of how to make things to get what you want to to uh to protect yourself on that sakiditi level, to control the universe around you so that you feel secure and safe and can get everything you want and keep everything you don't like away from you. You know, that's, that's hard work, isn't it? The control freak mind, you know, where you just spend your life trying to control everything because you're so frightened and and you can suspect, you know, all kinds of of dangers, possible dangers, on a personal level. You know how getting embarrassed and humiliated is so personal, isn't it? I think they're the most painful experiences, for me anyway, feeling humiliated in public. I mean, if anything brings up Sakya Ditti and me it's its feeling of being humiliated in a public situation, put down in public or ignored even insulted in public, bad enough in you know it's a private conversation, and you insult me, but get it in public. <laughs> and uh, you know the sense of being wounded, offended, and hurt and misunderstood and is so s- so real, so you know one can spend one's life trying to avoid situations where you're going to be humiliated or you know saying, you know there's control where you just find ways of surviving life obstructions and difficulties by controlling it. But that has its own result. To to feel you have to control things endlessly is, you know, there's so much fear and anxiety around it because how much control do you really have? And that very effort, need on the psychodity level to control things is dukkha itself. You never have a moment's peace from that. But it is a way of experiencing Sakyadity. And so the, the Buddha pointing to this, the first, very first fetter, Sanyojana, is Sakyaditi, because it's so obvious. The personality view, the condition, identity, self-identity, and limitation we place on ourselves by, by clinging to the five khandhas out of ignorance. So you, you know, you, but you can be awakened to that, and that's not like the what we're here for: awakening to that, not trying to just create more control by becoming a a monastic. Use the monastic system as a cop out or a way of, you know, to avoid things. But as you know, it isn't. You have to You have to look at things very the things you don't want to look at in monastic life. So in um, Sati Sampatanya, this is the key to the door, to the prison cell. It's through this, through the Sati, Sati Sampatanya. So that is the only possibility, because that is not a creation. That's not ignorance. It's not a vicha. It's not personal. See, so you can see that the, the brilliance of the, this pointing at this is this, this most obvious it's obvious once you once you kind of get it mm-hmm. and, b- and contemplate it plain as a nose on your face <laughs> Sati is the only possibility Loka is not well, this is not the Brahmaloka, this is samsara it's like this human bodies born, growing up, getting old, sickness, death, loss, despair, grief and sorrow, separation from the loved, greed, hatred, and delusion, jealousy and fear. Uh, all this is just, you know, these are what, you know, the, the human realm, is. it's always been this way. Envy. Listening to the Greek legends you know you hear when you listen to or read about Greek mythology, it's all about you know, the Greek gods you know they were full of jealousy and violence you know, those sort of are they r- r- Zeus raped nymphs, did terrible things. He's God <laughs> he'd be penalized and put in prison in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> And but it is about you know it's a kind of attempt, isn't it, of human beings to understand the the human condition so you idolize it maybe on the Olympus, Mount Olympus, you know, with the pantheon of deities that are immortal, and so this a uh, the human tendency to create myths and trying to attempt to understand the human predicament. But we're not gods. We're not immortal gods. So, but we are. We're experiencing the human, the human experience, and that's why looking at the body, you know, is, is a basic uh, uh, practice. It's a foundation uh, to to recognize that this uh, to see the body in terms of dhamma, not in terms of ideals or from the personal conditioning so this is sati sampatanya we can actually uh, you know earth element fire water air space because this gives us when we contemplate space and consciousness then this this is this you know earth fire water and air are all about limitation and boundaries Know, they flow into each other, and they arise and cease and begin and end. Space, in terms of experience, doesn't or consciousness. So it's it's like a different way of mode of perception, isn't it, from the c- from pure consciousness rather than from sakaditi. So to to access pure consciousness is sati sampajanya, satipannya. Because consciousness is working whether you're mindful or not. You can be crazy and still you're conscious. Consciousness doesn't depend on your mood or your state of mind or ignorance or anything else. It is consciousness is now. So it's uh, this re- you know. So this this reference awakening, sati sampatanya, mindfulness, apperception. Ah. Uh, Clear comprehension. Suddenly, the world is like this. Conscious, the world is in consciousness. The four elements are in consciousness. Consciousness is not in the. It's not you know limited to the four elements. So then you you know you begin to to get the perspective right. Now these are skillful teachings, not for grasping in any way. They're not to be grasped and and argued about, but they're to be used. Like the key to the door, you know, you use it, you, you unlock the prison cell. If you just sit stand around and argue about the key, you'll never you'll never get out of the cell. So the key, you know, is, is just a very simple tool. It's nothing, you know, fantastic in itself. Sati Sampachanya doesn't seem like anything compared to Brahmaloka. It, uh, you know, like metta is more inspiring, isn't it, to loving kindness and uh, compassion. These are beautiful, beautiful qualities. Where dukkha is, uh, you know, doesn't inspire. There is dukkha, oh, so what? i know this, this world is just you know if you're going to be pessimistic and, and depressed you know, the world isn't any good it's just full of selfish people everything ends in death anyway everybody's selfish and self-centered and is this survival you know you get into the into the really uh, the the negative mode of perceiving the world or you get into you know the, how the world should be how t- good democracy fairness justice mercy uh all the best you know where there's no where everyone's equal and everything's fair and everything is what it should be and uh, that's how we've got to work hard to make the world what it should be and well, that can be very inspiring, you know, to, to dedicate one's life towards <coughs> directing the world towards what it should be as an ideal. But then if it's still based on ignorance, isn't it? What happens? You get burnt out because you're, you're looking too high and you, you, can't, you don't understand the world as it is what being human is, what the limitation and the reality of our human uh, karma is like this, feels like this. So then the (coughs) conundrum is uh, that which is aware of dukkha, is that dukkha? Is that suffering? Because, you know, the statement of There is dukkha. It's merely a statement. It's not a philosophical proposition, is it? Not everything is miserable. It's not a pessimistic attitude towards life. It's a statement, a pointing to a common experience of human individuals. There is dukkha. Dukkha should be understood. That's a prescription, you know. Understand it. And to understand dukkha then is not to to uh, figure out every form of dukkha and, and think of how it should be, how to get rid of it and and complain because uh, the world isn't what it should be or you aren't what you sh- would like to be, but it's using this, this sense of unhappiness, dissatisfaction, doubt, worry, uh, Fear, desire, whatever. Understand it, and to understand, then you, you, you allow it to be what it is. Then the third insight, dukkha has been understood. This kind of sense of I, now I understand. It's an insight. It's not me personally. You know, I understand. I've got the third insight into the first noble truth, kind of thing. <laughs> it's these are these aren't for self identity. You know the three aspects of each noble truth. And not to think of I n- I can un- I understand Dukkha now. Not that it's it's coming from Satipatthana, not from me practicing the four noble truths. Me having the the twelve insights. Me becoming a an Arahant, and that kind of thing. So that's where this, uh, like they call it self inquiry or, or I call it reflection. What is it that is aware of, that, that understands Dukkha? And so, you know, you're like consciousness, isn't it? By being aware of the Dukkha, then suddenly the, you're, you're shifting out of the personal reaction to it into consciousness pure consciousness. Cause consciousness embraces everything. Everything is you know, it's isn't selective and judgmental. Permeates everything. So when we when we're aware, when we're mindful, then we're in you know, actually we're we're embracing, we're understanding dukkha. And then that insight, dukkha has been understood. So notice that, and all four, the four noble truths. Th- each one has three aspects, and that's the pattern. So in Pali, you say bariyati, bariyati dhamma, is the you know the, the 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 statement itself. The first you know, like there is suffering, there is the cause of suffering, there is the of suffering there is the uh, eightfold path. So that's the that's the statement, intellectual statement. Bharyati Dhamma. That's in the scripture. That you get from the scripture. From the Tamajaka Tamajakapatana Sutta. But it's not a, a doctrine for grasping. It's not a, you know something you have to believe in. It's just It's it's a pointing at the at that you know so there is suffering isn't it you you have to believe that everything's suffering is is a a different one it's a imperative you know a commandment but uh, there is suffering is not an imperative it's a suggestion pointing to and then should be understood but bhati, bat, bhati bata. So the bariati bati bati waiti. The three. Uh, these are the, uh, the each aspect <coughs> fits in these. It's a pattern. It's a of reflection. It's a reflective pattern the Buddha used. So use the bariati, the statement from the scripture, the the tamajaka, say. We use the. Tama Nasuta. Practice, butti butti. In Thai, they use butti bat. Is a butti bat practicing monks. Prabhariyat. They say, prabhariyat is, a, is a monks who just study scriptures. Go to Buddhist universities and study Pali and scriptures. They say prat-bhariyat, prabhuti bat. So the word butti bat is. Uh, is from the Pali bhati-bhati means to practice. You know, to tell you what to do, not just grasp the the barayati one, but to take the barayati one and then do what it says, you know, should be understood. And then bhati-wati is a result of having investigated, having uh, looked at suffering, having understood suffering, so you see the difference between a intellectual or theoretical kind of intellectual teaching that you uh, you grasp. This is a this is a reflective style the Buddha developed in his first sermon. You know the first sermon is a that he used after his enlightenment. So it's it's a skillful means. To uh, you know, to awaken to take something very banal, very ordinary like dukkha and then using that in understanding it, investigating it, knowing it. Then this is consciousness, isn't it? Consciousness allows us to do this. Not just consciousness but, but consciousness with sati sampatanya, satipanya. So that's why the human, the human realm, whether even though it is, you know, it's not the Brahma Loka, but it is like this, and it is the greatest possibility, isn't it, that we can that we have at this moment for liberation. It's the having this dukkha, is, is you know, suffering, is is actually what we learn from in this realm. So the Buddha actually took this, that which is, which we don't want, because none of us want <laughs> on a per- the Sakya you know. I'm not a masochist. I hate pain. I like harmony. I want an easy life. I want peace and love and feel safe and appreciated and nurtured. And now I'm an old man. I want, you know... Feel you know that I won't be thrown out when I get old and senile and can't remember your names anymore. <laughs> 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 That's sacerdote, like isn't it? But in terms of, of uh, awakening, and then then this 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 uh, bhati, uh, bariati buti waiti these this this sequence is a are interesting because it, it 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 just gives you such a clear description of what to do you know how to how to find you know the way out of suffering, how to be liberated from these fetters Kasakeedti just binds you to limitation it doesn't get better as you get older. You know, the more, you know, your ego gets kind of stuck at a certain age. And if you're stuck with an ego for 70, 80, 90 years, you know, it is. You know, it's a lot of fear and resentment and disappointment and blame and, res- and so forth arise. Because in anyone's life, there is a lot to resent, isn't it? How many of you have nothing to resent in your life? Have you been treated fairly? You've been respected. You've been given every opportunity, just as you would wish your whole life. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not the way things are. You know? you know, you might be deluding yourself. You know, want to think that. So then, in the first sermon of the Buddha, this is you know, this is, the whole thing was said in that sermon. Samajaka pawantana Sutta. So you know it's, a, it's a, you know it's a, you know to me it's a, a, a brilliant teaching in itself. You know that's why it, it works now. Why it's so appropriate to life in modern Europe, isn't it? Because it isn't, it's a, it, the problem. Still, the problem is still the same, whether it's ancient India or modern Britain. You know, the the problem of being human, ignorance, is the same thing. It's not changed. The problem is still there, and so th- this is where you know the dukkha is not a cultural uh, quality, isn't it? It's everybody suffers. Whether you're rich or poor, male or female, or from the ancient time to modern life. So it's taking that which is common the common experience to the human to this human realm and learning from it. And so in, in our life here, you know, learn from this dukkha that you're receiving, that you're experiencing, that you create. don't don't make problems about things you know just you know the uh, attitude of a seminars for requisites, shelter for the night, robes, uh food, medicine, namavinia just be you know content with that and then and then really the, the opportunity to investigate if you're not content with the four requisites and the Dhamma Vinaya, then then you'll always be looking for a better place or something different and you'll miss the point, you know. The Sakya Ditti, you'll be, I I have to go to Chithurst or I need to go to Thailand or I practice better in India. These things are you know, the discontentment. Because you get bored, you know, being in the same place. But then, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But these are important things. To these are dukkha. These are to be understood, you know. Should be understood. So the the value of the Samana life is, is learning, to is the contentment. Gratitude, contentment, with, uh, you know, the with very basic things. So the four requisites are based on very low standard kind of basic things, not high standard, high quality conditions. Dhamma Vinaya, you know, here we respect the Vinaya, try to live within that as a, as a, Skillful means, and then dhamma. You know this whole retreat about four noble truths, and putting it into practice, and bariati, bati, 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 waiti. So then, complaining, discontentment, boredom, restlessness, communal problems, misunderstandings. This is all. For noble truths, it's the path, because the human realm is like this.